0: So, yeah, last week, Andrew talked about um, this vision called uh, uh, Vision 2025, which he called um, the Church Unleashed. And one of the things that he talked about was uh, this uh, concept called being an ambassador of Christ. And he asked this question uh, last week. He said, how do we inhabit our calling as ambassadors of Christ? Um, How do we inhabit our calling as ambassadors of Christ. What does it mean for us here in the Bay Area to live as ambassadors? And um, today you might think of an ambassador, right, um, as uh, somebody who uh, works and or lives in a foreign country. Um, this, this country is called generally the host country. Um, while in this foreign country, they they work and live in what's called an embassy, right? Are these words starting to, to ring for us? Um uh, this ambassador generally acts as a mediator between their home country and their host country. And uh, they have certain rights called, like, this is a fancy word, but it's diplomatic immunity, which just means that the sometimes the rules of the host country doesn't apply to the, um, the ambassador, which, again, I wish I had three hours to talk about this because it's so exciting. But according to the U.S. Diplomacy Center... Um, An ambassador is uh, also known as what's called the chief of mission, Um, which is really cool, right? Um, And this person is the highest-ranking diplomat to the host country and is the personal representative of the president. Now, I think that's really awesome. I didn't make these things up. This isn't biblical language, but as you'll see, this is very, very in line with Is going to help us understand of. Um, what our ambassadorship is made up of. So what does this mean for us, right? I, and I have four four questions for us to think about today that we'll go through super briefly. Um, the first one is um, authority. Who is our leader? Um, we're going to have to ask that. Um, the second one is um, citizenship, right? Um, what country are we from? Um, and then we're going to talk about um, characteristics of uh, being an ambassador, how are we to be as ambassadors? And um, lastly, we're going to talk about uh, our embassies, right? Um, where is our base of mission? Where is our base of operations? Um, so uh, again, this is not exhaustive. We could spend like weeks on each of these. Um, so it's going to be really hard for me to to pull back and and. Um, but if you have any questions, talk to me after because it's like my favorite subject ever. Um. So let's start with this first question, the question of authority, Um, and we're going to dive right in. So basically, um, in the first century, uh, as Israel was occupied by the Roman Empire, um, the people were faced with this temptation of assimilation, right? Some uh, assimilating into the Roman Empire and what was called Hellenization, Um, but some of the people in Israel, they never lost hope in what was prophesied as this long-awaited king, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who would uh, set them free from all oppression, right? Uh, and at the same time that the Roman uh, uh, Empire is, is, is establishing this like, really powerful earthly kingdom, there is this meek carpenter from Galilee who healed the sick. Uh, he raised uh, the dead. He healed the blind. Uh, he talked about what um, was the kingdom of heaven, and these claims were so astounding that uh, he eventually was killed for a lot of what he was saying. Um, he was uh, starting this kind of uh, rogue, religious, political uprising. Uh, and he was generating a lot of followers. Um, but three days after his death, um, this person was raised to life in the presence of witnesses. And he said the following words. So if you could turn to uh, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen with me, which is on page 712, if you need a Bible, uh, Matthew 28, 18. So after Jesus's resurrection in the presence of many witnesses, he said these following things, um, and if you need a, and if you need a Bible, um, Martin is handing them out so you could just raise your hand. We'll, we'll wait for you a little bit. You probably know this already, actually, um. We won't wait for you actually. Okay, Matthew twenty eight, verses eighteen verse eighteen. Um so he said this Jesus came, verse eighteen, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So we have to start this is our starting place that Jesus is the king the king of heaven and of earth. And Jesus' claim, this claim that we just looked at, that he had all authority in heaven and on earth. Um, this could not have been true had he not, um, one, lived a sinless life, right? Um, two, had he not gone to the cross to die and shed his blood for, um, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Three, had been raised from the dead. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And all these things were what was called according to the scriptures. So, um, and even if, if uh, you don't have time to go to the scriptures, I hope you do. But just think about the crucifixion and this um, upside down coronation of a king, right? He was given a scarlet robe. Um, he was given a crown of thorns. He was, um, uh, he was even posted a sign above the cross that said, Here is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And um, this whole time, um, Jesus is mediating between the kingdom of heaven and the world. And because of this, um, Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection is um, what this guy Walter Brueggemann talks about is as the defining reality of our world. And um, I know this might be hard for us to imagine, but... um, just how Christ defines reality, Christ defines or redefines authority. Um, he, he actually gives us the true uh, definition of authority. And this is not a, authority is not a powerful conquest, right? Um, but it is a, actually a loving servanthood. Um, he defined authority not as this heavenly imperialism, um, but as, as humble self-sacrifice, and, a, and it was the most vulnerable of invitations, right? You can't get any more vulnerable than offering your entire body for people. Um, what kind of king would do that, right? Um, so one of my favorite phrases is, a good king fights on the front lines. And um, it comes from this, it's, so, it's kind of interesting. Modis Yahu, who's actually a Jewish guy, um, but he said it during one of his live shows. He's like, a good king fights on the front lines. He's talking about David, King David. But I'm like, dang, that applies to Jesus. That's so cool. And um, that's true about Jesus. He's he's not a king uh, standing in the back barking orders while the people the the you know the the front lines are getting slaughtered. No, he's the one. He's like I'm going to go to the very front and give my life as a king um, for my 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 subjects, my servants, my people. Um, so let's look more closely at King Jesus. Uh, let's read the next uh, verse in Matthew. Let's just go back to Matthew 18. Uh, sorry, verse 18, and then we'll read into verse 19. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So just as a good king fights on the front lines, a good king is one who empowers and delegates, right? Um, Jesus is the type of king that wants others to participate in his own mediation between heaven and earth. And he doesn't want to rule alone. Um, He is entrusting and he's generous with his authority. And this goes all the way back to the very beginning of the scriptures, um, where God shared his authority with Adam and Eve over creation. Um, But then things went kind of awry, um, their sin stopped them from fulfilling this role of, of ruling. Uh, but the rest of the scriptures is this story of God, um, God's plan to reinstate that rule through his royal son. And then, in turn, this royal son would delegate authority to his disciples. And um, so we can camp there for a long time. But we're going to move on to this next question of citizenship. And we have to ask the, the the question, what country are we from? Right? This is a cool question. Um, so Cambridge Dictionary defines citizenship as the state of being a member of a particular country and having rights because of it. And it's funny how, like, sometimes... So Cambridge, uh, you know, Dictionary says... But I guess it's pretty respected. So uh, if we take their uh, definition... Um, we have to pause and say, okay, if Jesus is from heaven, right, um, how do we become citizens of heaven? Um, And this is a great question for us to think about. And there's a lot to say about heaven. A lot of our uh, ideas about heaven are actually misconceptions due to tradition and folklore. And I just want to say that heaven isn't as far as we think, nor is it just a place that we go to when we die. Um, so to help us get clarity, we're going to go to the Gospel of John, um, where Jesus is talking about this concept of citizenship. So let's, um, let's go to John, the Gospel of John, um, chapter 3, and that's on page 759 in your Bibles, if you have this one. Or you can just swipe with your thumb and do some little things. Um, so John, chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Um, so Jesus is talking to this guy who's a scholar of the scriptures. He's a Pharisee. He's pretty knowledgeable. And he asks, he says some things that are kind of strange. So John chapter three, verses one through three. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so uh, just as this concept of heaven has been distorted in our time, this concept of being born again is actually been distorted in our political times. Um, But being born again is the moment when a person believes that God is, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? And in that moment, when the person believes there is a cosmic transaction, it's like a mystery. I don't even know how it looks, but it's cool. Where the person, they they basically uh, give up their earthly citizenship. And the Holy Spirit gives them uh, a new heavenly citizenship, um, filling them with the Spirit of Christ, and from that day forth, Earth becomes this um, this temporary residence, and heaven becomes uh, the new homeland. And so, citizenship of heaven comes through being born again. Um, th- this is this is this is big, um, and maybe we haven't thought about it that much. So I'm like super excited to talk about this with you after at some point. Um, So the moment that we are born again in Christ, we become children of a good father. Um, A citizen of heaven is an adopted child of God. Uh, We are joined to a heavenly family made up of people who are from every tribe and nation and tongue. And if we look around this room, we see this beautiful creativity of people that that look different from each other, right? this is the family of God. Um, The same blood that covered the sins of the world unites all of us who believe in Jesus into one big heavenly family. And um, if you are part of the family, and if you're a child, that also means that we have what's called the privilege of inheritance, inheriting things from um, our our father. Uh, And this is a big topic that um, we're going to have to push through. But again, I wish we could spend a lot of time on this. Um, but I think our inheritance is going to be even better than what we could imagine or think or dream of. But let's move on to the uh, the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. Is everybody tracking with me? Is this is this, are people okay? I know we didn't get coffee, right? We didn't get coffee. That's probably it. But um, yeah, just maybe like, maybe I'll pause right now. And it's like, oh man, it's late. Oh wait, oh, that's, that's that clock is wrong. Sorry. We got time. Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> All right,'ll we'll, we'll keep going through. Um, but hopefully in your home groups you can you know talk about these things and, and pray and read about these things too, because uh, this is big, but this this what, if this is true, then this means a lot. Um, so let's move on to the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. So similar to what we saw about authority and Jesus. Um, the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven aren't as normal as we would think as um, uh, uh, characteristics. They're not a set of skills. Uh, they're not a set of competencies or accomplishments. Um, in many ways, they are uh, what I'm calling them anti-skills or anti-rights um, that reflect um, God's generous heart. And they're very much, again, aligned with um, the king in the way that he lived his life, Right. And that was one of a suffering servant. Um, he said things like, "Don't rejoice that you have power over demons, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven." This is an anti-right, anti-skill, anti-accomplishment. So, what are these things? I, I tried to. Um, we're going to read through the Beatitudes, but I tried to summarize it, which was impossible. Into three th- three things, um, three characteristics of heaven. Uh, one of them is dependency when disadvantaged and disadvantaged might, might mean, um, your people group has been oppressed for a long time. Disadvantaged might mean, um, that you don't have similar access to certain things as other people do. Um, but you're still dependent upon God. Um, submission, even when it's not popular, um, this one is hard because, um, people like me, we're, we're people pleasers. And so we want to go with the flow. Um, But we have to submit to what God says is true, even when that might cause us conflict with others. And um, sometimes that is also a characteristic of the kingdom is is hope, anchored by a greater reality. And all of us have in our lives experienced really tough times. But a characteristic of the kingdom is one where we pause and we say, okay, I'm not, this this circumstance that I'm experiencing isn't actually what um, is true. Um, it's a part of what's going on, but it's not the biggest reality. So um, I, wanted to, we're gonna, I wanted to read through these, but I also wanted to, I wanted to sing, sing it for you because I found this really cool song about it by Tommy Walker. So I'm going to sing the Beatitudes. Um, I should have planned this out a little better. But I hope that's okay because maybe this, uh, as I'm singing, you can start to let some of these truths sink in a little more. And we didn't test the audio, so sorry if it's not that great. But Robbie on it, um, see if this is on. Okay, I'll just project. Sweet.
1: Are the poor in spirit theirs? Is the kingdom. the merciful they'll be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart
0: That's a great. I love that song. I, I cried when I heard it the first time. Um, let's read Matthew five verses three through twelve, um, and that's uh, on page six eighty nine in this Bible. Um, we're going to read one through twelve. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And after reading this, maybe one of the thoughts that you have is like, man, can I I ever live up to that? Like. Am I, uh, what does it say? Am I always poor in spirit or am I always meek? Am I always pure in heart or peacemaker? And the answer is for me is like, no, I'm not. Um, I'm a man of what Isaiah says is unclean lips. And, but the beautiful news for you and for me is that God is merciful and that as citizens of heaven, that we've been given the, the Holy Spirit to help us to grow um, into obedience. We don't have to do this on our own strength. Uh, we just have to remain dependent to God and submitted and hopeful. The good news is that we don't have to go very far to have access to the kingdom of heaven. And as it says in, in, uh, in the scriptures, it says, if God gave his, his only son, why wouldn't he with him give us all things? And so this leads us to our last question. Um, If number one, if Jesus is king, number two, if we are citizens of heaven, three, we listened about characteristics, um, where and what is our embassy? Um, And at this point, I want to, it's interaction. It's congregational interaction time, which just means like, does anybody have a guess or an idea? Where is our embassy? Oh church! yeah, I think that that's one of them for sure what what about another one earth yeah, where we live, yeah, our bodies, our body is an embassy of the kingdom of heaven, and so we can all take our thumbs if you can. And we'll point up, and then we'll just point to our chest and just hold it there and kind of push into it. Like, we, you, are an embassy. And I love this picture that I found. I was trying to think of, like, man, what concept could, could we think of? And, and there's these cool lantern um, things. that You light them with fire, and then people start lighting them, and then they start to fill the darkness. And that's, that's what we are. That's what we are as um, children and citizens of heaven. Um, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. Um, Our body is an embassy um, through which others can meet Jesus and meet the king. Scripture tells us that everyone who is born again has the spirit of Christ dwelling in them. And that our body becomes a temple. And um, we're basically a, a mobile, living Eating, <laughs> breathing embassy. Um, sometimes the eating turns into other things. But God makes our embassy clean. It's really amazing. Um, and, and, and yeah, yeah. you was right too. Um, the church, the, the gathered church, is an even larger embassy. It's like all these little embassy Legos like come together. And then they, they create this Megatron embassy, which is what we're doing right now. Um, and uh, combine that with all the people around the world, and you start to get this really big picture of God's presence of, with, with the citizens of heaven. Um, scripture tells us that one day, this is a big statement, when Jesus, uh, the king, returns, many things will happen. Uh, one of the things that is going to happen, he's going to hand over the kingdom to his father, uh, and, but there will be a new heaven and a new earth, um, and that place will overlap as one, um, just like it did in the Garden of Eden. And we are going to rule with him together forever. And if you want to read about that, you can uh, read Revelation at the end, after the dragon and stuff. Um, but in the meantime, we, we are gathered here together to worship King Jesus and to remember his loving sacrifice. And as we worship him uh, and as we learn from him, we become encouraged, right, this is the church. We, we learn here together, we become encouraged to get sent out again into the world, into our homes, into our workplaces, into um, our intermediate spaces, um, on bar, on the bike, on the bus, wherever we are. Um, it's, it's an awesome, awesome privilege. And I want to end uh, by reading 2 Corinthians 5.0. Uh, verses 17 through 21, which Anglip read this morning as our call to worship. Um, so let's turn to, it's page 827 in this Bible. 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. Um, and you can put the lantern slide up. Yeah, thanks, Mel. Just to keep our imaginations there. Because that's a good thing to practice. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Woo! New creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of Yeah, come on, but say it, say it with like, mm. yeah, reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of, yeah. Therefore, we are for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. And this is one of the most amazing verses ever. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Whew, that's crazy. So our mission as ambassadors is to help those who might be ready to be reconciled to God and to reconcile um, spiritually orphans, right, to their good father and spiritually to reconcile the disillusioned to a good king who has fought and died for them. And and right now I want us to move into a, a time of response. Um, just this, this question of... Um, what does that mean for me right now? Maybe um, maybe this is brand new, and that's okay, and this is wonderful, and this is the good news, um, that we have a good king in Jesus and a good, a worthy um, person to follow, to trust, uh, and that he gave his life for us. Um, and maybe if this is new to you, maybe you haven't asked Maybe you haven't believed, or maybe you're believing in this, in this moment, and um, that's awesome because you're going to become a citizen of heaven, or you are becoming a citizen of heaven. If you've if you've heard this before, but maybe the the maybe there's some cobwebs around this like vault, um, that's okay because um, because God is a merciful God and He's so patient and so loving, and He just wants to remind us that. Um, that we are his, and there might be parts of our life that we haven 't submitted to him. maybe um, I like the picture of a of a of a building of a house, and maybe we 've given him the kitchen and like the guest room, but maybe he needs to get into like the second story you know and or maybe the backyard or something. but this is a moment for us to as we will come to the table to to um to surrender. And um, what's called is uh, repentance, and that's a beautiful thing. It's not this shameful thing. Like I'm, I'm not saying these things to shame anybody. Uh, I think that when we, when our lives are submitted to God, um, that's when we actually experience the most usness. You know, like the most Miguelness and the most Eunice. You know, like not Eunice, but <laughs> um, Eunice is also a name. Um, you become more of who you were meant to be. And so repentance is just, it's a beautiful thing. And I want to take away shame from, from those things um, because Jesus gave his life for us. And um, so if you're struggling with like idols or, or you're struggling with doubt or you're busy or you're worried about life, like pause and and just remember that God is so good that he wants to meet you in this place. Invite him into this place. Um, one of my favorite authors speaker guys he's dead now um but he's he's going to be he's he's going to be with, we're going to hang out for a long time later um but his name's Dallas Willard and he says the thing that most often stands in the way of God's kingdom is my kingdom and and just I, and again i'm not saying that to shame anybody i'm just saying that because i know the struggle like the struggle is real whether it's like super smash brothers or a bass guitar or like anything biking Tennis, whatever, like my job, all these things become little things that that I start to put little jewels on, I'm like, hmm that looks like a good crown. should I take that one? like no, no no, and so God is oftentimes reminding me that his kingdom is better and his will is better um, so um yeah, I invite God to to into those places um how can and then for those of us who maybe. Are there, and then you're thinking, "All right, man, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. How do what, what does this mean for me?" Which might be you, you know, or maybe you in the future. Um, how can we uh, submit everything that God's been uh, given to us for His purposes, right? How can we use and leverage all these resources that that He and His Mercy has decided to give us how can we how can we leverage that for the ministry of reconciliation? It doesn't mean you have to become a pastor. Andrew said that last week. Thank God, because then everybody would want to, I don't know, preach. <laughs> um, but it just means wherever you are in your workplace, if you're if you're scrubbing dishes or you're the um the owner of the company, um, that is a place where you can leverage all these things. Um, you can talk with people. You can have that ministry of reconciliation. If you're in the classroom, oh, man, um, that's a good place, too. And I want to share a really quick story. Yesterday, my parents, were we were hanging out, and there was this cool interaction. We went to this little cafe in Sausalito, um, uh, and, um, Sausalito, and it was cool because we were there, and there was these, like, three dudes um, to to my right. So my right ear was, like, overhearing this conversation in Spanish, and, like, you know, there it was, it was. It was like colorful language, and um, and by that I mean there was a lot of swearing. And but it was fun. But I was trying to enjoy my family, but I kept tuning into this conversation. And it was this guy. He was the boss. Uh, he was the owner of the cafe, and he um, he was telling one of his workers, he's like, "Man, you know, you're a you're a great worker. We need somebody like you. Uh, I've seen you work. Your 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 ethic is work ethic is really great." And this guy, um, the worker that he was talking to, was this—he um, was like this Hispanic guy. I think I think he was Mexican dude. Um, I don't think that he had spent very much time in the U.S. Um, and so one of the things that he said was like, "Hey, you know, I mean, thank you. I, I just don't know if my English is good enough to, you know, to pr- perform like that, that better as like a supervisor, you know." But the boss had this other guy, this mediator. He was kind of the homie. He spoke really fluent English and Spanish, and he was kind of like, he's like, no nah, man, but he's like, hey, wait, but I uh, see. He was like encouraging this guy. He's like, um, no nah, man, I, I'll I'll be there for you. Like I'll 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 speak on your behalf, and then the boss too. He was just he he was saying, you know, you can speak in your broken. English, I'll speak in my broken Spanish and we'll meet in the middle, you know. But but you're you're a great man. And 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 I, I left that place and I, I just talked to the guys. I was like, hey man, it's really cool you're treating each other with love and respect and, and like empowering people, but but and I don't know why it happened yesterday, but this is I feel like that was a little snapshot of like what can happen in the kingdom of heaven, right? Like and and it is what God did. Like may, like maybe we're right now are feeling guilty or about something that we haven't done well, but God is like, no, no, no. It's okay. I, I've 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 come to meet you, and you just you just keep working hard. Like just keep submitting. Keep keep um keeping trusting your life over. Keep giving me those parts of of your life that maybe you haven't submitted before. And and trust that I am a good person, a, a good a good king, a good father. Um. So yeah, I think we have some prayer counselors too. That if we're going to worship uh, or praise. And if you want to go to them and get some prayer, that you can do that. Um, I also encourage you to do this in your, in your home groups this week. Um, and then, oh, yeah, we're, we're, a, little, we're a, little, a little late on time, I guess. But um, I think it's okay if we just take, like, two minutes um, to get in groups of, like, three or four and sort of practice our ministry of reconciliation by just praying by name for people that we might want to see be reconciled to God. Um, that might be um, a family member or a friend, or as Jesus said, an enemy. Right? He said, "Pray for your enemies." Um, so let's just. Um, this is like a little, little, little like I don't know, tw- twenty-five pound something squat. Um, this is just e- us exercising our ministry of reconciliation. So um, I'm going to grab the guitar, and then we can just do that for maybe two minutes uh, by name. And if you feel uncomfortable. Just be like, I'm going to pass, you know. I'm not going to, I don't want to pray for anybody. And that's okay.